Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to The Weekend Grind. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, here with a new guest that we haven't had here on the weekends. You've seen him around, though. He got, he always has good uh, NBA preseason content, kills it in NBA as well. It's Alan Lem. It's Fat Alpert. Hey, 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 how's it going over there? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me uh, on The Weekend Show. Yeah, man, good to have you here. And we can talk about the uh, MLB slate. Uh, how'd it go for you today? Uh, I ended up ha- be- having a profitable night, so I can't complain. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have enough. Uh, I didn't have enough Texas Rangers. I mean, that was crazy game. The Nats just went off today. Um, that didn't go well for me because I, yeah, I didn't have any shares of uh, of their batters. Uh, what about for you? Uh, so, like, I had Angels that obviously went well, but like, dude, I've been on this Nationals bandwagon, like trying to like hit them when they actually explode, right? Because I knew it'd be coming soon because they're way too good of a team to not be uh, hitting as well as they have been. But why would they do it against Nick Pavetta? Like they couldn't do it against anyone else. Just absolutely tilted that this was the day that they went off, obviously. Uh, but a big game from them. And Rangers too, man. I should have been on the Rangers more. That was a mistake. I feel like I should have had more exposure to those guys. But uh, what are you going to do? It just That's how the slates go sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I was on the other side of second the White Sox, and then, I mean, that obviously didn't go too well. And I actually had did some Nick, had some Nick Vetta shares too, and that was a a, a negative score. So I, you, you you closed the laptop at seven fifteen, I'm guessing, or four. I did. I closed the I closed the laptop and I threw it out the window. Yeah, I was basically <laughs> that that gift. So. Yeah. Oh, man, that's too good. Well, we're going to talk about two slates here. Uh, it should be fun. The people will love this. And also on top of that, we got a 4 o'clock slate, which is nice, 4 Eastern and 1 o'clock for the West Coast guys. You were talking about before we got on here that uh, it's pretty nice to have uh, the game start at 1 o'clock for you instead you have to not having to wake up early. Yeah, you know, it gives you a little time to, you know, go out in the morning, do whatever you need to do, whether it's your errands or go jog or spend time with your family. And then, you know, you can come back after lunch and build some teams and play the slate. So I think it's actually kind of a nice, uh, you know, slate that we have that starts a little bit later for us. Yeah. And as we sweat one, we can build lineups for the other. So we'll dive right in though. We'll talk about the games. We're going to go game by game for you guys. And let's start off with probably my favorite game. Uh, just because man, I love playing the angels. I have a problem. Uh, Los Angeles angels, Baltimore Orioles, nine and a half total. This is Tyler Skaggs versus Andrew Kashner. And I know Andrew Kashner has been, uh, sort of kind of like not as bad as people think this year, but dude, I don't care, man. This is the angels. Like the angels are a really talented offense. I'm sure it'll be hot there. We got this heat wave on the East coast coming, uh, for the weekend. So I'm assuming it's going to be hot. I don't have the weather right now, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great spot for angels here, Alan and stacking them against Andrew Kasher. What about you? What are you kind of doing with Andrew Kasher? Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think I came into the season thinking, you know, he was this gas can and then he, you know, he had some decent outings um, to start off the year. You know, he didn't really necessarily implode. But, you know, we've started to see him kind of regress back to the Andrew Kashner we all know. Um, you know, I typically don't like to stack against him, but I think this is a spot where, you know, we, we saw Trout hit a home run in his first at-bat. You know, there were concerns about his uh, his finger, but, you know, we saw him hit the home run. He was back in the field, and I, I think that alleviates some concerns. So, I, yeah, I agree. This is probably a, a place where you can definitely uh, stack here. 
Well, he's also, I don't know if you know, a little narrative street, though. When he's in the outfield, he's way better than when he DHs. When he DHs, apparently he just doesn't hit as well. I don't remember what the splits are, but I've seen them. Uh, it's, he's not as good as a DHer as he is as an outfielder. That's probably a lot of noise, but again, it's Mike Trapp. He's really good. Uh, what about Cole Calhoun? He's like this extreme value that popped up today, and I think he's going to pop up again tomorrow. Uh, we didn't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole like two weeks ago, but now apparently he's certainly in play in a, a value. What do you think about Cole Calhoun? Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty chalky today, uh, or uh, you know, on on Friday with being in the leadoff spot. Um, I mean, on DraftKings, he's only uh, three three point four, and then you know on Fanduel, he's also pretty cheap. So I think yeah, if he gets the the leadoff spot again, I think this is a spot where I'm definitely going to go back. Yeah, two five. I think uh, on Fanduel, I think he's going to be a pretty solid cash option. Calhoun, Trout, like Upton, Pujols, Valbuena. I'll, I'll still take shots on uh, Valbuena, even though he's absolutely terrible. But hey, he can run into those two home run games sometimes. Uh, uh, Simmons, this lineup up and down. It's going to be one of my favorite stacks to go with today. And uh, you do, would you agree it's one of the top stacks on the early slate? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're looking at Cashner's numbers, uh, he's averaging one and a half home runs per nine. So this is a spot where, yeah, if we get Calhoun leading off, you know, child looking good again. I think this is a spot, you know, one through one through six, I'm, I'm definitely interested in. Uh, I agree with you, the Valbuena take. And then, you know, if we see even Kinsler, Maldonado, Maldonado in the bottom of the order, I mean, that's just some extra power. Uh, so, you know, if you want to differentiate your stack a little bit, you can maybe play the seven or eight. Yeah, over a 360 uh, Woba against both sides of the plate and over 200 against ISO uh, against both sides of the plate uh, for Cash. He's just going to get crushed here. This is a spot where I'm definitely going to look to target up the Angels, and they're my, one of my favorites on the slate. Let's talk about Tyler Skaggs a little bit, though, because the way this slate is breaking down, uh, you know, we have DeGrom and Verlander. They're going to be two aces to obviously look at. But uh, Tyler Skaggs, he's another guy that he's been really good this season. He gets a strikeout-heavy team in the Orioles. Is he kind of interesting on this slate? I kind of think I don't gravitate to him more so because Verlander and DeGrom are on this slate and I just rather pay for them but what about you yeah I think he's gonna go a little bit overlooked right I mean he's he's sort of that third option on the slate you know I think we are gonna gravitate towards DeGrom and sort of a sort of an easy matchup against uh you know Miami and then we've got Verlander against the Rays but um this is on paper you know a pretty good matchup for Skaggs uh you know Baltimore's not been great against lefties um you know i guess you do have to worry a little bit about machado but overall this isn't a lineup that i'm too scared about um so i I do think skaggs carries uh, a lot of upside especially in tournaments if he's gonna get you know discount in terms of the ownership uh i i don't mind the spot for him yeah i I think i I skaggs is perfectly fine in tournaments i wouldn't do it in cash i'd stick to the verlander or the grom route uh, if I take any hitters from the Orioles, again, I'm not a big fan of doing it, but if I do, uh, I'd go to Machado, obviously, if you have the money spending up on him is perfectly fine. Uh, if you want Danny Valencia, lefty masher, Danny Valencia, it's Derek Cardi, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, but, uh, he's a guy that he's been for in the ball pretty well recently. I think he's someone that could certainly be in play as a decent little value to look at on the slate. But, uh, yeah, overall, I'm not in the business of playing the Orioles too much, so I'm not getting too much exposure. I'm just kind of sticking to like the main core guys in this lineup. And what about you? Yeah, uh, Machado definitely sticks out. And, you know, Mark Trumbo has also kind of been on fire recently. So I do think there's a little bit of upside here. But, I mean, over the course of the season, the Orioles are they're 26th in Team ISO against lefties. They've got a WRC plus of uh, 80 against lefties. So this is just not a team that necessarily projects too well for power. So, yeah, I do think there's some one-offs maybe like Machado, Valencia, Trumbo, sort of that middle of the lineup. But outside of that, uh, I think uh, I'm not going to pick on Skaggs too much. 
All right, yeah, that's about it for this game. Do you want to go on to the next one here? Yeah, let's do that. All right, sounds good. And we got the Cleveland Indians, the Oakland Athletics. This is a nine and a half total here. And uh, first, let's talk about Adam Plutko. Uh, any interest in him against the Athletics? I mean, this is a game that I think the bats are going to be really interesting. I know it's not the best ballpark for hitting, but I do think this is a spot where you can look at some bats. So you like Plutko or do you like the uh, A's bats a little better? I think I'll take the A's bats. I, you know, one thing that we do have to consider, especially on multi-pitcher sites, is if you are paying up for a DeGrom or a Verlander or a Skaggs, and we talked about this pre-show, that the SP2 gets kind of ugly. So I don't necessarily want to write off Plutko, but um, he is coming off, uh, coming off a really good start you know, against Detroit where he threw six innings, only allowed two earned runs, did strike out four. So it was, it was serviceable. Um, but you know, before that, he's just been kind of getting hit around. So you know, uh, the SP2 spot is hard, but it's not like a spot where I want to necessarily endorse Plutko. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Same about Edwin Jackson. I don't really want to endorse him either. Indians are good offense. Sure, they haven't been as good on the road, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be good. Like, I'm just – I don't think I'm going to go too crazy with Indians here. I think they're a fine play. If you want to spend on those guys, that's fine, but I'm already spending on some angels. There's other bats I like. So, Indians kind of just going to fall by the wayside for me. What about you? Yeah, you know, I I kind of agree. I mean, Edwin Jackson is a guy we should be picking on. Right. Yeah. Like, agree hundred percent out. It's just, yeah. I have this like weird bias. I just want to like, I think if people listen to my content enough, I just never pay for the Indians because they're so expensive. And I always just like other teams. That's kind of my issue sometimes with them, especially when they're on the road too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think the, the Indians, you know, I guess looking at it from a macro slate, like looking at it from a big picture, right. People are probably going to pay up for one of the stud pitchers and you know, we've got some really good, ballpark environments you know Washington might have some recency bias um on this early slate because you know they went off with 17 runs today and then we've got this Milwaukee Cincinnati game that should draw some ownership um you know I I don't mind Cleveland as sort of a under the radar stack because yeah in theory we we should be picking on Edwin Jackson I mean he gave up I think he gave like 20 home runs in 76 innings last year um and he did have a really good start uh in his in his debut with the A's but you know I kind of think it can't happen again, right? So, I don't know. I, I think the Indians are an under-the-radar stack. Yeah, certainly. If you want to spend on them, I, I wouldn't talk you out of it, but I'm just spending my money in different ways. But, Alan, also, Edwin Jackson, I mean, he's a 2.26 XFIP in 2018, a 28K percentage <laughs> and a 0.0% walk rate. That's obviously going to happen again, correct? Yes. That's, no, I'm just kidding. I can't, I can't tell if anyone can listen. But like, I, so this is what I think. Um, I think Edwin Jackson is actually going to draw ownership because people are going to see the last start. They're going to see the uh, almost 22 DraftKings points that he put up, um, and he's cheap. So there are things working in his favor, right? The ballpark it also works in his favor in terms of uh, you know being a spacious ballpark in Oakland. Um, I just I can't endorse him, but at the same time, you are going to have to pick an SP2 on multi-picture sites. Um, so I'm kind of just aware of that, um, but I just don't think I can endorse Edwin Jackson. Yeah, I, I could see some people maybe be biased towards it, but again, that's because SP2 is kind of ugly. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it as we kind of go on uh, and dive, right, dive into more of the SPs because they're coming up. Uh, but if yeah. you want to play some of these hitters here, I, I certainly don't blame you. Like I think Dustin Fowler, the Matt Joyce, I think they're interesting FanDuel value plays at the top. Uh, Matt Olson, he's obviously a good guy against Blitko. And uh, that, that's just some of the A's bats I like. The Indies, if you want to spend on these guys, I totally get it. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game or you want to go to the next one? 
Um, I think the last thing I just want to mention, I think I saw this on Twitter by one of the beat writers for the Indians is that, you know, he, he pointed out that the Indians just haven't played well away from home. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. It, but it's I think, bad. I can't remember, yeah. Alan, but it's, you're, you're right. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, I think that's something, you know, if you're listening to this and obviously this is our first look as well, you know, if you want to dig into those numbers and again, it, you know, we probably have half a season you know, of away games for the Indians. I don't know how much of that is real and how much of that is going to be just noise. Um, but I just wanted to point that out in case, you know, if you do dig into numbers and think there's something there, um, that, then, then maybe Edwin Jackson actually has some appeal. But that's just, you know, maybe if you want to just do a little bit more due diligence and look into that. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Let's go to the next one. This is what I was sort of debating the SP2 a little bit, but uh, it's the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds. We got Julius Chassin and Tyler Mallon. I think Mallon's not as bad of a pitcher as some people think, right? He's a young guy. He's obviously going to try. He's going to figure out eventually. Uh, he, sure. The K percentage is 22%. The exit 4.45. It's not the greatest, but uh, Woba's down against righties. ISO's down. The lefties is where he's had his real struggles. And if you look at this Brewers lineup, they kind of struggle to get a little lefty heavy. Sure, those lefties are scary and Brad Miller, Eric Thames, and, and Travis Shaw. But Travis Shaw dealing with that wrist, we don't know really what's going on with that. Eric Thames, he can strike out and miss with the best of them. I think there's some upside here for Tyler Malley. I don't know if I'm going to do it in a cash games because, like, again, I'm still torn at what I will, will do here, and I'm really scared because it's Great American Small Park. Tons of home runs are hit. Malley could easily blow up. But I kind of think that this is a pretty interesting spot here for Tyler Malley. What about you? I agree with you, and I think when I looked at this game, you know, I kind of considered the SB2 maybe coming from one of these pitchers. Um, I, I do think Molly is interesting. I mean, he's got that 22% K rate that you mentioned. Um, and – you know, we're going to have to see what kind of lineup the, the Brewers roll out. Um, you know, like you mentioned, they're, they're dealing with some injuries. Um, you know, Yelich is questionable. He didn't play on Friday. And then Braun left early with some lower back tightness. So if, if Braun's out, we could be looking at, you know, a little bit of a watered-down Brewers team. Yeah, 100%. And again, I, I totally get scared of this stadium, right? Especially when I see the Brewers come in. I'm like, man, like they could absolutely go nuts. This Cincinnati and Brewers series, it doesn't matter what ballpark it's in, it always seems like it goes off. But <laughs> SV2 is sort of ugly. Uh, unless Seth Lugo ends up playing, which, uh, Alan, we think the Grom is playing, but this is the night before. We really don't know for sure what's going to happen. So, uh, But I think Malley is certainly in play. What about Chessine? I know the Reds strike out a ton, but I don't really roster Julius Chessine a ton. What about you? Do you have any interest? in him against the strikeout heavy Reds team? I mean, a little bit, but I think if I'm going to play someone from this game, I'm just going to take the savings on Molly. And, you know, seen he's had decent games this season, but, you know, his, his overall numbers just, you know, they're a little bit harder for me to trust. Um, so I guess the answer is I have a little bit of interest in Shasin, but yeah, I think I lean Molly. Yeah, I'd lean Malley too. It's 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 an ugly SV two slate for sure. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the bats a little bit. Who really sparks your interest? I think those lefties there. When I'm looking at on the red side of the ball, and then on the Brewers, I talked about those lefties too. I like them as well. But uh, definitely kind of curious to see what lineup the Brewers put out because they can put out a ton of different lineups at times. But like Brad Miller at the top could be interesting. You talked about Ryan Braun. Now he's been dealing with some injuries as well. So with Ryan Braun dealing with the injury. Uh, and him coming out early today, this lineup could be watered down, but it could also provide a little bit of value in some guys getting some good lineup spots. Yeah, I, I do side towards the the Reds bats, especially the lefties. And the nice thing about the Reds is, you know, they could potentially roll out 
you know, five, six lefties in this lineup. And, uh, you know, we look at Shasin's splits this season. He's definitely struggled against lefties. Um, 274 average, you know, 781 OPS. Um, again, this ballpark is good for home runs. So, if, you know, if you're looking for lefty power, you've got Shebler, you've got Votto, even Tucker Barnhart, uh, you know, decent punt catcher. Uh, I kind of like this spot for the Reds. Yep, now I think they're the team that I'm looking at uh, if I have to pick one team in this game, despite them letting me down uh, yesterday a little bit. But that's okay. I'll, I'll go back to the well with them. I think it's a solid spot. Uh, anything else in this game? We want to talk about the next one. Well, let's move on. All right, Houston Astros, Tampa Bay Rays. We got Justin Verlander and Matt Andresi. And uh, I think Verlander's the top dog, the guy you're going to want to pay for right now. It, the debate is if DeGrom is in there, because on our Rotogrounders page, we don't have him in there, so I really don't know. But uh, – I like Verlander. I'm currently going to pay for him, I think, despite that one start he had the other day against the Rays where it was really bad. I'm going to pull it up now. It wasn't really bad, but it wasn't Justin Verlander-esque, and I remember rostering him. Yeah, he – actually, no, he did do really well against Tampa. I forget what start it was. Oh, it was the Toronto start he did really Mm -hmm. bad. But uh, against Tampa, who we saw pretty recently, he had the 10 strikeouts in 6.2 innings, so he obviously did very well there. But uh, I think I'm going to Verlander, back to the well. It's in Tampa Bay. That's the one thing that's nice. The pitcher's park, dome, like everything falls in place with obviously the heat wave that's going to be going on uh, this weekend. I think this is a great spot for Verlander. You just get a ton of strikeouts against a ready heavy race. Yeah, I mean, the Rays striking out 23% of the time. Um, it's tough. Uh, I kind of am leaning – DeGrom, if we get confirmation. Um, but I, I see the case for Verlander. Right? He just had success against this team. And, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of recency bias for me, you know, watching Jared Cole kind of get knocked around today. Um, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on that? Do you, do you feel, does that impact you at all? You know, when you see a guy like Cole sort of struggle against the race beforehand? So like I didn't, like I didn't watch his entire start. Like I was tracking it on uh, like an app and, like, he only gave up one earned run. It seemed like the fielders had some issues, so I'm not as worried. It seemed like his pitch count just really got murdered from uh, some just poor fielding. So I'm not as worried about it. I think it's a perfectly fine spot. It's like dude, Verlander or DeGrom, they're both really good plays, right? It's like yeah. it's kind of like today's slate, right, when you had Bauer and you had Cole and then you had DeGrom too. Uh, I heard this on the premium podcast. They are just like – it's such a slight difference between these two guys in Verlander and DeGrom. So I say just take the one that you like the most. Maybe like an umpire uh, kind of draws you that way. I could pull up see if there's any umpire data on that now. But I think it's really close. It's one of those things where I just – I saw on the Rotogrounders page that we have Lugo. So I'm thinking maybe DeGrom isn't in there, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like just Verlander is going to be bad. But if DeGrom becomes being the pitcher that's in there, uh, it's definitely certainly interesting between the two of them. And it's a really tough decision. Yeah, I, I I think the thing we also need to keep in mind too is that Degrom got scratched for you know family reasons, right? It wasn't an injury, so he should be good to go if he is indeed starting. Um, but yeah, if Degrom's not in there, if this is a Verlander slate, then you have to pretty much lock in Verlander. Yeah, one thing to note. Yeah, exactly. That's that's definitely true. But one thing to note is we have an extreme uh, hitters umpire here for Verlander. So uh, that's all I'll give you from the lineup HQ premium. I don't know how long this premium uh, week thing is lasting. So, but if you uh, if you have premium, you can check out uh, what the umpire data is. So uh, yeah, Verlander is a guy that's going to have a uh, an extreme. Uh, what did I say? Extreme hitters up. Yeah, extreme hitters yep. up. So uh, yeah, that's obviously something to note. But uh, I think that's uh, that wraps up this game for or that side of the ball for me. I guess you could say. Uh, let's talk about Matt Andresi now a little bit. He's 5.5K. Do you have any interest in him here? 
I, I get it cause he's cheap, right? If you want to go to like a cheaper pitcher and just jam in bats, but um, I don't know. I think I'd rather go to like a Seth Lugo if he's starting instead. What about you? What do you think about Andres? Yeah. You know, I can't do it against the Astros. Um, even though, you know, they're also dealing with some injuries and they might not be at full strength. I, I they're not a team I necessarily want to pick on. Um, and then the thing with Andresi too is, you know, he hasn't gone deep in the games. It's probably going to be one of those bullpen games where, you know, he gets a start, maybe pitches a couple of innings and they turn it over. Uh, so even, even at that point, you know, like if he's going to go three innings, four innings, I just don't see the potential upside against a, a Houston team at, at 4,000 or, you know, at approaching minimum price. Yeah, and uh, so, Alan, I decided to look up the Seth Lugo thing to try and figure this out. But, again, I don't think we have the info on it. Like, it says Seth Lugo is in the bullpen tonight for the Mets. Uh, and then I also read another tweet that says Seth Lugo didn't sound exactly thrilled to be returning to the bullpen. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what's going to go on with this situation. <laughs> but uh, I kind of missed what you said while I was uh, searching that stuff up. But I think Andresi, the case for him is just, like, basically – essentially if, and I mean, if like you just want to go all the way down to the bottom and punt completely because it helps you get in like those extra bats. I think that's the reason to do it. Cause he looks like he's the cheapest pitcher on this. Like he's even cheaper than Andrew Cashman. Yeah. That's the only case though. But you know, if he's not going to go deep, um, then actually, you know what? Um, scratch that. It looks like Ryan Stanek is starting tomorrow. So, maybe like i don't know if, might be the, the second yeah he's probably the second guy and probably rotor grounders is probably i don't know if they're changing it like that but uh yeah that's very uh i'm assuming that he is the uh he is the guy that you don't want to end up putting there like we haven't he's 4.3k the reason is just because he's, he's way too cheap over on DraftKings specifically so uh like so we have some mix-ups between yeah. our, our lineups page and the DraftKings and fandle pages right now so uh yeah. i think just their case is obviously he's 4.3k and like you can just get in a lot of bats with that. If you, if you package Verlander and Andresi together, it's a total of, uh, if I do my math right, I think that's 17.7K. So, uh, and that can just help you get in like extra bats that you might not be able to get in. Uh, you know, if say you're stacking up the Brewers and the Reds game and all those guys are expensive, it can kind of be tough to make things work. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's just the case. Anything else in this game? Do you like Astros bats at all? I don't really like them a ton. I think there's other bats I prefer. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough because I, I kind of think this – Ray's bullpen format is kind of working, right? It kind of throws off some of the batters. Like they're only seeing a guy once and then they have to adjust and see another guy their next time in the, in the order. Um, I do like Alex Bregman, you know, I, ever since he shaved his mustache, he's been like on fire. So you've got the mustache narrative and I don't know if you can fade the mustache narrative. Yeah, dude, he, he has been crushed without the mustache. You are right. Is Because he shaved it, correct? He shaved it mid-game yes. and ever since he's been crushing the ball. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely something inter- interesting. But uh, I think Josh Reddick is like the guy I gravitate to just because of the value. If he ends up being in the, the cleanup at 3.6K, that could obviously be an interesting price in 2.7. That's where we haven't projected right now. But uh, yeah, not much more I like in this game. Anything else you want to talk about or you want to talk about this uh, Mets-Marlins game? Uh, let's move on. I'm not going to pick any Rays uh, against Verlander. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So let's talk about this. If the Grom's in, it's a good conversation. We kind of talked about it enough with him and Verlander. But what about Seth Lugo at 5.9K? I think this is where it becomes interesting. I can see this being the chalk option if you're on a two-pitcher site. You go Lugo and you go uh, Verlander, and you kind of call it a day at his price. Uh, on DraftKings, he's listed at – oh, he's actually listed at 9.1K. But uh, I don't know. Could you pay that price? I kind of had Fandle up and thought that 5.9 was what the DraftKings one was. But – uh, Verlander and Lugo with him at 9.1k, does he end up being the chalk option? I kind of still think people will, will go to that, but what do you kind of think? That's tough. You know, I think at 9.1k, that's 
Then, man, I don't think I could do that. Um, even if he's going to draw the start, it's actually 2,000 more than his last start. He was only 7,100 when he started against Pittsburgh last uh, last week. Um, so, yeah, if DeGrom is in, I, I, I have definitely interest in, in DeGrom. But at 9.1K, I don't think I could do that with Seth Lugo on DraftKings. Yeah, it's definitely tougher. I do think it's interesting. It depends on how your overall roster construction ends up working. But I do think it's something that's certainly going to be in play. But on the opposite side, Pablo Lopez. Uh, I don't really know a ton about him. I know the Mets are obviously a terrible team. But uh, would you want to go with Pablo Lopez here? I, you know, so I actually played the – I actually rolled with the, the Mets rookie starter today. Um, uh, what was his name? So – I mean, he was cheap. I think he was like 5,000. So um, if we get some sort of confirmation that Pablo Lopez is, you know, going to go deep into the game, um, you know, let me pull up his minor league numbers right now. Uh, he's. Yeah, I'm in the process of pulling him up now just to obviously check, but uh, it doesn't seem like someone I'm really that interested in. In his AAA Marlins, uh, you know, career, 18.8K percentage, 5% walk rate. That's in 2018. And then in AA, he had a 30%. Uh, and then, like, if you go back, like, 2017, it was in, like, the mid 18 So, uh, I don't know. It seems like he's gotten a little better, but um, I don't know. I just don't think it's a Rodman of going. I don't care if the Mets are bad. I just don't think it's too necessary to go with him. Looks like a ground ball guy, so that obviously plays into his favor a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Uh, XFIP in 2018 in AAA is 4.54. That's AAA, right? Uh, could be definitely worse uh, when you go into uh, playing in the major leagues. Yeah, I think looking at these minor league numbers, yeah, he's not a huge strikeout guy, which I would want out of my SP2. So uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to go here. He did throw... He had, did have a couple of games where he threw over 100 pitches. Um, and most recently, he threw 82 pitches, 89 pitches, and then he threw 17 pitches on the June 26th. So they probably pulled him um, a little bit early. Uh, but yeah, I think in this case, he does look like a ground ball pitcher and no interest on my side. Yeah, agree with you on that. Uh, you'll still have some of the bats here. I think Brandon Nemo, that's the only man I'm really looking at to maybe roster just because he's been really good this season. And uh, his price on Fandle specifically, 3.1K is just way too cheap. And even Conforto at 3.2, I don't hate as well. Uh, but that's really all the bats I'm looking at in this game. Uh, maybe uh, Justin Bohr where he's cheap, but I don't know. I'm just Those are mainly the three bats I'd look at. Nemo, Conforto, and Bohr for me. What about you in this game? Yeah, my interest in the Marlins are going to depend on whether DeGrom or uh, Lugo goes. Uh, actually, Borg, you know, even at 3.4, he's actually got some good BVP against uh, DeGrom, uh, if you believe in the BVP. Uh, so, again, if you really need savings, I, I don't mind Borg as a one-off, but, you know, uh, probably more interest on, on, the, on the Mets side. All right, let's go to the last game of slate. We got the Washington Nationals, the Philadelphia Phillies is a nine total. And we got Jeremy Shellickson, uh, as we used to call him, and then Vincent Velasquez going against each other. This is a nine total. And a little revenge for Jeremy Shellickson here. Let's talk about him first. Uh, you know, he's pitching for the Nationals going against the Phillies, and this is in a small ballpark. Do you have any interest in these lefties here? And like the Cesar Hernandez, Abdul Herrera, Carlos Santana, those guys. I think they could be really interesting here in this spot. They're going to go definitely overlooked and low owned. Uh, you know, Helixson is coming off the disabled list with the hamstring injury. Uh, so, you know, we don't know necessarily how sharp he was. Um, so there is some merit to maybe, maybe tournaments, you know, we know this ballpark just went off for like 20 plus runs today on Friday. So uh, yeah, I think if you want to take a chance on some of these Phillies bats, I would definitely kind of stack, you know, maybe the first four of Caesar Hoskins, Odubel, and, and Santana. 
Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine with going. Yeah, I definitely would throw Hoskins in there because he's a really good at baseball. Uh, I love playing him a little bit. What about Vincent Velasquez, the high strikeout upside guy going against a team that just hit uh, 17 uh, runs yesterday? It seems like this is a spot where the Nationals just get rolling this weekend. Uh, I, I know Velasquez is a guy that I normally like playing, and it seems like it, it could be a slate to consider it, but I'm just going to stay away because I'm sort of scared of the Nationals right I I agree. <laughs> I'm scared of the Nationals too. Uh, and you know, we, uh, last start for Velasquez, he you know he, he drew a lot of ownership. It was super cheap against the Yankees, right? And he actually performed well. And I kind of see this as a similar situation where he's got this bad matchup, but he's priced up now, right? If he was six thousand again, like last time, I, I could see more merit to using him as an SP two. Um, but at eighty nine hundred on DraftKings, uh, I don't think I I could do it here. Yeah, I uh, agree with you on that. I don't think I'll go that route either. Uh, I'll definitely look at some Nationals bats. So I think stacking them up is perfectly fine. And they only have a total right now at 4.38. I'm curious if that thing increases. I'm sure it will get bet up by the public a little bit. But uh, if they have a low total, do people maybe stay off them? Like, say the Phillies are favorites over them. Do people just not go back to the well on them after that big game? It'll be tough, right? Because, you know, people don't want to pick on Velasquez. He's not like he's a, you know, a gas can. So there's... I, I like, I mean, again, maybe it is recency bias. And I think that's something I need to think about before I start making my teams is, you know, I just saw the nationals put up 17 runs. Uh, I kind of feel like I want to get a piece of, you know, their team before they just start going off again yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Alan, I've been saying this uh, for the past couple of weeks. Like I want to be on board before it happens. I missed the boat and I don't want to miss it again. So uh, I do think like specifically on FanDuel, Daniel Murphy at 2.7 K is a phenomenal value. Someone that I'll definitely uh, look, get some exposure to. Uh, and then like that on DraftKings, they're all pretty, pretty priced up for the most part, but I do like them. I think they're all going to be, you know, up and down this lineup that one through six or one through five. is just a phenomenal spot to really load up on. Uh, anything else in this game or you want to move on to the next slate? No, I, you know, I think, again, we saw Soto hit like two bombs today um, and Harper hit one. And I think Harper was sort of in the same boat as Trout where, you know, we had some concerns about whether you know, maybe he's hiding an injury or, you know, just been slumping. So the fact that they kind of went off, it, it does alleviate some of those concerns, at least for me, for uh, Harper. Yeah, for sure. Let's go on to the next slate. Uh, let's talk about the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees. This is an eight and a half total. And we have Chris Sale against Sonny Gray. And it's rare that we see the New York Yankees with eight total under four, but uh, we have came to that and people say, Oh, I see the Yankees. I get scared because of that offense, but there's a lot of strikeouts in this offense. And there is a man named Chris sale. Who's really good at getting strikeouts here. Is he the top option on this slate for you? Like he is for me. Yeah. Especially on a one pitcher site, like FanDuel, uh, you know, there's a huge drop off after sale and you've got guys like Kenta Maeda and Felix Hernandez. And I, I just wouldn't get cute. I think in, for sale, I would just plug him as my SP one and build them, build around him. Yeah, he's my favorite SB on this main slate. I'm going to be all over him. Obviously, the top option uh, in most lineups I make, I will be loading up on him. DraftKings Vandal does not matter. Uh, I will be having some Chris Sale exposure because there are Ks here. There's a man named Aaron Judge who loves getting golden sombreros sometimes. I always love trolling him and making fun of him. So, uh, yeah, as a Mets fan, I got to do it, uh, Alan. So uh, I'll be watching this game, and I will be loading up on Chris Sale tomorrow. Can't wait to roster him. What about Sonny Gray on the opposite side? Uh, we've seen, like, two sides of him this year. We've seen a good Sonny Gray. We've seen a bad Sonny Gray. Again, Against the Red Sox, what do you expect to see here? I don't want to pick on the Red Sox with right-handed pitchers. Um, you know, they've had a little bit more struggles with lefties, but they've been getting better recently. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we don't know which Sonny Gray we're going to get, um, but he has been better. You know, his walks have been decreasing. That was what he struggled with earlier in the season. But he's only allowed you know two walks over his last 11 and two-thirds innings. Um, so he's been correcting that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to pick on the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm just pulling up now in the uh, – if you, if you see the plate IQ or if it's – I don't know if the premium stuff is still free. You can check out in the premium report section. Go to the recent trends. Uh, this is something that uh, has been added recently, and Britt kind of showed showed me a little bit on one of the shows. But uh, I want to look at Sonny Gray's last 30 days here and kind of see what we've uh, what we've been seeing out of him. And uh, if you look at it, you know, his uh, medium contact is down. The soft contact's up, which is great. The hard contact hasn't moved a ton. Uh and then on top of that, the uh, the poor hit percentage is up. That's obviously something that's going to be helpful. And the, the swing strikes is up uh, 1.2%. The outside swing strikes is up 4.4% in the last 30 days. So, uh, yeah, K percentage is also up 2.9%. But went from, uh, you know, 21.7% in the past 12 months to a 246 in the last 30 days. Uh, the WOBA is down to the, the CX WOBA. So, Sunny Gray, I don't hate it because again the sv2 isn't the greatest on this slate i think you could get away with it but it's not the greatest spot to do it uh i, I think maybe you'd do like a five percent share or something like that nothing crazy i'm not trying to go uh out of control with it because there's better sv2 spots on this slate instead but sunny gray has been better maybe it's also a spot to say hey let, we don't have to load up on the red Sox too as well and just think that they're going to absolutely have a monster game yeah i i agree with you he's more of a tournament play and yeah, he's a five to ten percent guy because SB two is kind of ugly on this slate, um, and I I do see him being a viable SB two option. And actually, you know, something we should talk about too. I mean, we both agree sales a clear top option, and especially for cash games. But you know, for tournaments, what do you think? I mean, there is always the possibility that the Yankees just kind of load up on right-handed bats, and you know, they're going to be. Do you think they're going to be low owned? And you know, is oh, there merit yeah. to stacking them in tournaments? <clears throat> Yankees will be low owned. If you just, I mean, Alan, I'm biased. I'm a Mets fan. I hate the Yankees. They bug me to no end. Uh, I'm allowed to do it because, hey, I have to deal with these Yankee fans in this area way too much. But, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, to summarize it, Yankees will be low owned, right? No one wants to target against Chris Sale. So if you believe in the Yankees, they can have that big game and absolutely blow up Chris Sale, go for it. But I'm not in the business of it. And, uh, yeah, I'll just stay away. And there's other offenses I'd rather pay for. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I think in this main slate, the ownership is going to flock towards this White Sox and Rangers game, which we'll get to later. Um, and if you want to pivot off that, I kind of think either Atlanta or, you know, the Yankees are, they've got the power upside. I and mean, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about I, Seattle as well. I, I get why you're saying it. It, it does yeah. make, like, when you look at the slate as a whole and, like, look at all the games and, like, we'll get to the games that we're getting to, like, there aren't, like, really appealing games on the slate, right? It's not like we're loaded yeah. with a ton of, like, it's not like we have, like, a Coors game and then we have, you know, uh, a game in Cincinnati in the slate and then, like, Texas hot game. So I get what you're saying with it, but, um, I, I, dude, I'm a Met fan. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, if, if you want that five to 10% owned stack that has the possibility of just launching Homer after Homer, it's gotta be the Yankees, right? That, that, that's really the only team. Otherwise you, you flip over to Boston or you just differentiate yourself in the White Sox Rangers team, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's that there's a little narrative with the rivalry, right? So they're obviously going to yeah. focus up a little more for this game because it's a rivalry game, right? That's how it goes. But uh, yes. let's go on to the next game. We got the Colorado Rockies, the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is a seven and a half total. And man, this is one I'm just, I, I, 
I want to start with, I don't know what the heck Dave Roberts does, like in how he makes his decisions, but like Rich Hill went out there and was able to pitch a ton of, you know, innings a day and just do whatever he wanted. I think he went like 6.2 innings. Like, do we get that from Kenta Maeda today? Or does he have a short leash? Because Kenta Maeda would be a phenomenal play if I knew he was going against the Rockies and had 6.2 innings in him. But I just don't know because Dave Roberts is the worst. So uh, what do you kind of think of him? I mean, he's 11K. It's really tough to pay that price on DraftKings. Daniel's 8.9, which I think is kind of interesting. 3K less than Chris Sale. And that might help you get in some more bats if you really want to jam in uh, that Texas-Chicago game. You think those guys are too expensive. So what's your kind of take on Kenta Maeda? Because I just never know what to do with this guy because it's all Dave Roberts' fault. I mean, I agree with you. We don't know what Dave Roberts is going to do. And Maeda was, has been bad, right? He's been bad coming off the DL, and all of a sudden he just exploded for this monster game in his last outing. Went seven innings, uh, no earned runs, nine strikeouts, and really it came out of nowhere. And he only, pitched 80, he only had 84 pitches in that game. Um, so it's not like, you know, he, you know, he's been throwing, you know, pitches in the hundreds. Um, I agree with you. There's just so much risk and so much uncertainty that we don't know what to expect out of Maeda, but he's honestly, he's probably the closest guy to maybe surpass or match sale on this, on the slate. Don't you think? Yeah. I think you could argue that uh, like from a raw points wise, like he's the guy that probably has the best chance of competing with him, but um, dude, I'm probably just staying away from him, man. It's just really tough. Uh, I just wish I could play him more, right? He's a guy I wish I could play him more. It's just I don't trust Dave Roberts enough. But I think he's a really great tournament player. Like, if you just, like, want to take a shot at it, especially on, like, a FanDuel. On a DraftKings, it's – I I mean, I'd rather just find the 2K, I think. But that 3K on FanDuel could be interesting. Uh, when you ha- when you have guys that are, like, you know, 12K on FanDuel, it really kind of is harder to obviously get in, like, the stacks that you want. But you might be able – even at that 9K price, you can get in, like, a really good stack with them, right? Like, you – probably can make like a, a Rangers White Sox uh, game stack work, right? I don't know if you can with Sale, but uh, that's just a specific thing I was thinking uh, in general. And it might be an interesting pivot off of Sale, depending on what the ownership is going to be. Yeah, you know, going back to our last conversation about the Yankee stack, you know, if you are going to do that 5 to 10% Yankee stack, you you, you probably play Maeda and just hope that, you know, he goes off, that Sale struggles and that your Yankee stack you know, it's just launching home runs. Yeah, so that's the, what I would the, do. The double leverage play. Uh, I, yes. I, yeah, it's always not uh, too bad route to go with. So uh, I totally could totally could see that uh, there. What about the – let's talk about Dodgers bats because I'm assuming you don't really want any Rockies bats here. But uh, against German Marquez, do you have any interest in these lefties? I think that's where we're mainly looking. Looking at, like, the Grandals, Bellinger, Jock Peterson, and Max Muncy's of the world. Yeah, I mean, Muncy's been phenomenal, uh, really surprising this year. Um, and Marquez has struggled against lefties. He's – allowed 10 out of his 14 home runs against lefties. Lefties are having 309 average against him. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I would just load up on the lefties and um, the stack's definitely viable. You know, it's not a, not the best ballpark, but you know, Peterson, Muncie, Bellinger, Grandall, make a nice little mini stack and they'll have the platoon advantage. Yeah, it feels like a mini stack or pick guys is a one-off. Specifically, one cash game guy in FanDuel I kind of like is the Jock Peterson at 2.7. I think that's a really good value on him. Uh, Grandal, he's a solid catcher option. But, uh, yeah, mainly just picking those lefties, and I think that's perfectly fine. No Rockies bats for you? You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think I want to pick on Maeda. And, and one last thing, uh, Richo threw 110 pitches today. So That's what it was, 110. I knew it was high. I, I But 6.2 innings enough was too much. But, yeah, one, 110 ridiculous man so annoyed about that but i played yeah. him and obviously worked out on uh DraftKings. but i was thinking of playing him on fandle too but oh it's so tilting because dave roberts is the worst yes i agree 
Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, too much Dave Roberts talk for one podcast. Uh, Atlanta Rays, St. Louis Cardinals, eight and a half total here. We have Max Freed against uh, Luke Weaver. And I'm a Luke Weaver fan. I like him. But against a team like the Braves that don't strike out a ton, I'm just – I don't know what to do. He's cheap on FanDuel at 6.2K. If you really want to punt, like, on FanDuel, that's a route to go. 7.3 on DraftKings, too, is really cheap. And Vegas kind of thinks that Weaver could have a good game. They're minus, he's a minus 143 favorite. The Braves have only a 3.90 implied total. Like, you know, if I look at this just normally, I think Weaver, I don't want to play. Like, I don't want to play. But when I look at the price and I look at what Vegas is thinking, I'm starting to get a little more interested out. Yeah, I'm torn. Like, I'm not a Luke Weaver guy, actually. I mean, Weaver's got. 21% K rate, which, you know, again, it's not, it's not bad, but I, I don't, I just always expect a little bit more from him and he just always seems to disappoint. Um, and then, you know, on paper, right, this, yeah, like you said, the, the Braves just, they're not a high strikeout team. I think Acuna just came back on Friday, which, you know, bolsters this lineup a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, the Braves are the sixth hardest team to strike out against uh, right-handed pitching. Um, so uh, I kind of, not a huge Luke Weaver fan. I, I get it. You know, I think I see the appeal, but I don't think I can, I can go there. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it's just tough, man. I don't, I'm so torn on what to do with this game. On top of that, I don't know if you listen to crunch time today with Kevin Roth. He's got like some weather thing that he's pulling together where it like tells you like when the weather is a certain temperature, how home runs go up. But if this game's 90 degrees or more, I believe the stat was like home runs go up 20 five percent in this park or something like that which is a crazy thing to think of and we have a lefty on the mound and max freed going up against this righty heavy cardinals lineup and if it's going to be hot and humid there like the fam martinez ozuna molina jericho all these righties look just really interesting here in the spot yeah i would probably lean more towards the uh the St. Louis side and obviously vegas agrees with the the St. Louis side um you know carpenter is going to probably go overlooked on a lefty and lefty matchup but the way he's been swinging you know i think if you're rolling out the cardinal stack you have to include him um and you know fam's actually been really struggling i'm not sure if if he's hiding an injury or or whatnot but you know he's been hitless for several games um, so it's a little bit concerning i don't know if you've seen his at bats or you know read anything about what's going through with uh, tommy fam I haven't, but he's due, Alan, right? That's how it works. He's due now. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he needs to shave his, his mustache, his goatee, his eyebrows. Like, that's how you get out of it. Shave his whole face. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have to do that too next time I'm struggling in DFS. Uh, do, do that. Uh, uh, I just did a real – He so he – I don't know. It says he recovered from the flu. I'm saying the flu is a small part. Uh, fam recovers from flu-like bug, and this was on June 25th. So uh, that's probably what the reason is, Alan. I just did a quick Twitter search on it. So he's been dealing with a flu. So uh, I don't know. The 25th, though, that's what, four days? Uh, and they said he had it, like, probably prior to that, it looks like. So I don't know. He yeah. could be fine. But I, if you want to fade him because of that, sure. But Tommy Fan's a really good hitter. And the price is kind of nice. Like, 3.1K on FanDuel is a really nice price tag. Uh, DraftKings 4.3. That's still kind of cheap for Tommy Fam. So uh, I don't know if I'd want to miss out on him. I might just, uh, you know, hope that the flu bug is out of there. But uh, any more, anything else you really want to talk about in this game or you want to move on to the next one? Uh, we can move on. All right. We got the game. It might be the game of the slate, right? Chicago White Sox, Texas Rangers, 10 total. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, really hot outside. Nick Lachey, 98 degrees uh, style probably. And we got Bartolo Colon against Carlos Verdone. And, I mean, this is just a dream spot for these guys. 
uh, to just stack against, right? Bertel Cologne, uh, the White Sox, this should be a spot where we just load up on White Sox backs. And on the upside against Radon, I normally like to have a right-handed pitcher so I can get those Texas lefties. But uh, some of these righties could obviously be intriguing on Texas too. So, Alan, where, where should we start here with this game? Let's start with Bartolo Colon. Um, you know, we've seen him just, I don't know, we've seen the good and bad of him this year. Um, but he's been really struggling with home runs, right? He's given him 19 home runs and 87 innings. I mean, this should be a spot where he does struggle, you know, in, in Nick Lachey weather against this White Sox team. Um, but the White Sox, man, they just, they just disappointed. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to figure them out. I mean, they, they should be able to hit home runs. They've got the power, but. I mean, what do you think about the White Sox? I mean, we should pick on Cologne, right? Alan, I said this. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I said this on Friday morning or Thursday. I forget when I tweeted out, but I said, you know, the Padres came into Texas and we thought that they could obviously hit better. What could literally be like the worst thing to happen? The White Sox showing up because they're the same exact team as the Padres. They just have a little more power, right? They're pretty yeah. identical. Um, so like I expected them to kind of disappoint, you know, I, I got a little bit of a exposure to them and it ended up working out from what I got exposure to. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to play Bartolo Clone. I know we make the argument, Hey, it's the white Sox against a righty, but no, thanks. I'm going to pass on that. I'll take some shots on these white Sox still for cheap. Right. Uh, I'll find a way to get some exposure to some of these guys, but I don't, want to go too crazy with them. Uh, I more so prefer when they're against the lefty. That's when I really like to kind of load up. Uh, I think that's the better spot for them. I think they're fine. They're, they're got, if you see a good price and it's a good mix and match spot for cash games, but I don't think I'm stacking up the White Sox here. I think I agree with you, and I think it's because for me, you know, the six through nine hitters, they're, they're just not very appealing. You know, you've got like guys like Gilmer Sanchez or Charlie Tilson, Adam Engel. Um, I, I do see, yeah, I do see the stack maybe not being as viable because I don't know how much this ball in the lineup can help, you know, turn over the lineup. Um, you know, yeah. And, I, and, you know, on the other side, I, I normally don't love using the Rangers against lefties. That's where I'm struggling with, you know, but Rodon can be wild. You know, he has issues with, with walks and there's the possibility that, you know, the Rangers just get, keep getting guys on base and just turn over the lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, I talked about hot. I heard you talk about a little hot streak earlier on. I forget who it was, but it sounds like you like hot streaks. And this team just hit a ton of runs. And the White Sox, they don't have a great bullpen, too. I think you can still play some of these lefties, right? The Mazars, the Chews. You can certainly take shots on them still and like stack this game up. It's a great spot to get exposure to, but. Um, I'm just not trying to just like full on, just go insane with it in my cash games. I think it's a, it's fine, but I just want to temper my expectations a little bit with the white Sox and then make sure I pick out the right Rangers. But, uh, don't be afraid to play lefties too. If you see the lefty lefty against Radon, because if he gets shelled, he's going to go out there early and then you can get some low owned. Maybe you'll get like Sinchu Chu and Mazar very low owned. And that's obviously very appealing. I like, I like that call. I mean, uh, yeah, you, if you are playing the bats here, you probably just have to you know, stack them up. I wouldn't just go necessarily all the right-handed bats. I agree with you that Rodon, you know, could have a short outing. And then you're going to have, you know, guys like Chiu Mazzara for, you know, one to two at-bats against a really poor White Sox yeah. bullpen. Um, I guess from a, from a game, you know, looking at it again from a game theory perspective, you know, I think the Rangers, they're, they've, they're going to open with the, the highest implied total uh, against a shorter slate that we're dealing with. Um, do you see any... In tournaments, do you see any merit to fading, you know, going underweight on this game and then just loading up elsewhere? 
I don't hate I, it. It's just like, it's where, where do you want to go? Right. That's, that is one yeah. of the issues, but if it's the highest owned spot, I don't hate it. Right. I, I love the pivot to the Cardinals. I, the more and more I'm like yeah. thinking about it, I, I kind of think that's a route that I'm, I might end up taking instead just because I think they're kind of have really nice price tags too. It looks like a solid pivot. So uh, the more and more we keep talking about it, I'm kind of getting uh, intrigued by that instead. Uh, Cause again, this game could disappoint, but I do like the Rangers side more than the White Sox side because Again, like when I look at both of these teams, right, when I kind of look at the White Sox, I normally like to play them when they're against what? When they're against uh, a left-handed pitcher. And I normally like to play the Texas Rangers when they're against a right-handed pitcher. So I don't have them on like the size, that, the side of the plate that I really like them on. So, And if this is going to be an overall game, it, it could be interesting from a game theory perspective to, you know, if you're playing one tournament team, uh, don't try and beat all the White Sox Rangers teams. Try and, uh, you know, be a little different. Yeah. No, I think that's where I'm coming from is because – this main slate, it's only got six games. This is the clear, you know, top game. It's almost like this is the cores game on the slate. And, you know, when we have those cores type of games, you know, I like to pivot elsewhere, especially if you're playing something like a single entry or you know, a three entry max, you know, get exposure to one of these other offenses because it's possible that, you know, one of them goes off and, you know, you're going to have them at low ownership. And I think that's why you know, I talked about the Yankees early on, or, you know, we didn't talk too much about the Red Sox, but, you know, maybe one of those teams, you know, outscores, you know, the White Sox or the Rangers. And I think that's why I'm trying to think it from a game theory perspective because we've only got six games on the slate. Yeah, exactly. And that's just like the reason to talk about it. But this is definitely a great game to target. Like cash games, I'm sure I'll have exposure to this game. Like don't, I obviously don't want to miss Agreed. out on it. And I'll, I'll yep. you know, I'm not trying to poo-poo this spot at all. I don't think we're trying to do that, but we're talking the game theory, right? The tournaments and all that uh, jazz. Yeah. So uh, let's we talk about that game enough. Let's go on to the next one. We got the Pittsburgh Pirates, the San Diego Padres. We have Trevor Williams and Joey Lucchesi on the mound. And I see the Padres. I see a righty. Uh, it just seems like an easy spot to go with, right? I heard someone say on, a, a, on a, one of the live shows today, when you have an ugly SB2 slate, you can easily just plug in whoever the right-handed pitcher is against the Padres. So can I easily just pr- plug in Trevor Williams? Man, that's I, – I see the merit to that argument because we look at – the rest of the slate, all right, the Trevor Williams is kind of in that same price range as as Joey Lucchesi and Derek Rodriguez. And, you know, do we want to play those guys in tougher strikeout, you know, matchups? I don't know. Like, I, I kind of see Williams as a viable SB2. And, again, it's just matchup driven. It's not like Williams is, you know, this great pitcher. He's not a high strikeout pitcher. But, you know, the game environment and the matchup looks great. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there's opportunity here for Williams. Uh, Lucchesi against the Pirates. Do you have any interest in him here in this spot? To be honest, not not really. Like The Pirates are such a contact-heavy team, and they're probably going to roll out six to seven right-handed bats and you know they're not they're not great powerful bats but you know the guys like the Harrisons and the Freeze and the Diaz you know they can make contact and that's enough I think for me to get off Lucchese a little bit yeah it's just the one thing is like it's weird when you look at like the numbers like xfip at 3.84 on Lucchese and then 25.1 k percentage there's obviously the upside for him there but those righties can obviously scary a little bit uh you know the Marte freeze the Pirates are one of those teams that's good at like getting like heavy uh on the one side of the plate if they they, like they're good at like getting heavy on whatever side of the plate they can and they're gonna try and get ready heavy here that obviously gives me some concerns with looking at the numbers against Lucchese the Wobat 342 the ISO at 243 so I don't think I go with Lucchese here but uh yeah, I don't know. I'd maybe go more to Trevor Williams just because, hey, it's the Padres. But the problem with Trevor Williams is like, uh, and I, I should have mentioned this, the K percentage this season is only at 17.5%. Uh, sure, he's not giving up a ton of power, and the Wolves is fine, and the Padres do strike out a lot. But 
Uh, I don't know. It's it's just such a weird spot. And there's another SB that uh, too that we're going to get to in a second that I'll like. And this is a game that I just don't think I like the bats too much. And if I do anything, it's probably just Williams against the Padres because, hey, uh, you know, the Padres, they struggle against righties. Yep, I am on board with that. All right, let's talk about this next game because there's an SB2 that I like a lot here. It's the Kansas City Royals and the Seattle Mariners, eight and a half total. And we have Jason Hamill against Felix Hernandez. I really like Jason Hamill. Just kidding with you, Alan. It's Felix Hernandez <laughs> is the guy. Uh, I, you know, I had to throw you for a loop there for a second when I said Jason Hamill. But no, Felix Hernandez is the guy that I like. And again, if you look at the plate IQ and look at the recent trends, uh, you know, Felix Hernandez has been changing up his pitches a little bit. He's been a lot better recently. So I'm buying in on Felix Hernandez against this Royals team that's not that good. It's watered down. There's some more Ks in there with how it's built now. It's not a lot more Ks, but more Ks than it's had in the past. I think it's a phenomenal spot for Felix Hernandez. And Vegas agrees with Felix Hernandez being a, a minus 213 favorite and the Royals only 3.41 implied run total. Yeah, you know, it's similar to the game we just talked about with, you know, Trevor Williams, right? It's matchup, kind of matchup-driven, and that's one of the main reasons I agree with you. Felix is probably the top SP2, I would say. You know, it, it does make it a little bit hard to fit. Uh, let's see, you know, he's 8,100 on DraftKings, and yeah, you know, I, I think you can make it work. I, I do agree with you. You know, the, the matchup's good. I, yeah, I did hear about that. He's changed his pitch type a little bit, right? He's throwing... Um, he's throwing fewer sliders. Um, I guess that's been, been helping out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's in play here. Um, more yeah. curveballs this season. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, my cash build is, I think is going to be sale Felix, and then I'll try and make everything else work. Uh, so I, I like him a ton. Jason Hamill, uh, you know, I was kidding before, guys. If you didn't hear it the first time, I'm not playing Jason Hamill at all. He's a guy that I think is actually a good guy to stack against today. And Vegas agrees, 5.09 implied total for the Mariners. They have a lot of power and pop in their lineup, which gives them that tournament-winning upside. So what do you think about this Mariners team? I think they're a really interesting stack here and a good team to get some exposure to in cash. I yeah I think they're probably one of the top stacks I mean because they've got the home run power that's what I look for um you've got Hanniger Cruz you know they can definitely hit right-handed um, pitching and Healy as well um so there's a good stack here I like the middle of the lineup um I'm not a D Gordon guy uh but you can run on Hamill I think he's one of the easiest guys to steal on if I remember correctly um he's always among the league leaders so you know if you're running out multiple teams or multiple seattle stacks you definitely want exposure to, to gordon yeah and one thing to note is uh hamill's got a little reverse splits in him too so these power righties man like the woba is above like 360 it looks like here uh i just had it i lost it for a second yeah it's a 359 against righties this season and you'll know, get hit hard by both sides of play against lefties he's getting hit at 50% and then against righties 43.4%. Uh, so that's obviously something to note. And I think these just the Seattle power bats are really interesting. And uh, yeah, so to note with Hamill with the uh, stolen bases is it's four stolen bases this season in 94 innings. Last year it was 20 stolen bases in 180. So he's definitely had his issues throughout the year. And D Gordon's like a super speed guy. So obviously he's going to have the green light in this type of matchup. And I don't know it's the weekend, right? Maybe Salvador Perez gets a day off, and if he does, that would obviously be helpful because Salvador Perez is pretty good at throwing out guys. But, uh, yeah, I think that could obviously be a little bump in. And D. Gordon seems like a good stolen base candidate. I like that. Probably not a jack-in-the-bag candidate because that home run upside's not really there for him, but the stolen yeah. base could definitely be uh, pretty solid and making him a pretty good cash game option, in my opinion. Uh, to get a four, uh, former steroid user, former PD user, right? So oh, This team is a full steroid. Uh, you know, we got D. Gordon, uh, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. got like the, the steroid using squad. Squad, basically yeah. yeah i'm waiting to the end of the year when cano comes back so i can roll, roll out the uh the ped stack 
Oh man, the PED sec. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. I'll have to roll one of those out towards the end of the year as well. <laughs> man, that's pretty funny. Uh, anything else in this game, Alan, or you want to move on to the last game of the slate? Um, I mean, we didn't talk about, it. we both agree. Felix Hernandez is, you know, one of the top SB2s. Do you, would you play any Royals bats? I and mean, they're really cheap across the industry. Um, any yeah, they do. They do have cheap. Yeah, they do have cheap price tags. Like, uh, I don't really want to though. Um, but they do have cheap price. I get it. Like I like Mike Moustakis. Like I'm Fandley's three, one DraftKings four, one is still not my favorite, but Herrera batting second. He's got a decent price. If that kind of helps make things work, I get it. But Duda, he's 3.6 on DraftKings and Fandle. He's 2.5, but and I wouldn't go crazy with Royals. I, that's one of those teams where I, I never value their runs, right? Like if I told you, you could have like five White Sox runs or like eight Royals runs, you probably want five White Sox runs, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the possibility of a home run, you maybe take a one-off with Moustakas, but yeah, probably not a stack situation, maybe a one-off situation to fill out your, you know, cash game roster or something. Yeah, or like a one-off for a homer or something, if you like that, but uh, let's go on to the next game. We got your San Francisco Giants going against the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's a nine total here, and we got Derek Rodriguez against Shelby Miller, as we used to call him. Shelby Miller is his name, and uh, Miller has came back. And uh, I forget how that first start ended up going. I know he was on that pitch count there, but uh, what do you think about these two pitchers? They don't seem like pitchers I'm that interested in. And also kind of think I'm not that interested in the hitters that much too. Maybe just a couple guys as one-offs. Yeah, Miller started off well in this last outing. And then if you look at the final stat line, it's not great. I remember his first, I think his first couple of innings went well. but um, Yeah, he went your... 85 pitches just to know. I don't know if, if yeah. you are considering playing him. I'm not considering playing him, but he had an 85 no. pitch count. I'm assuming it'll be... Uh, maybe it'll be bumped up a little bit, but I, I don't think it's a great spot to play him. No, I'm definitely not considering um, playing him. I think I'm more considering stacking against him because, again, I'm trying to look for, you know, pivots off off the chalk. Um, I think, again, this ballpark is not great. I think I heard, you know, it was Britt that mentioned on his show today that the Diamondbacks, you know, went from one of the top offenses, offensive uh, ballparks to, I think it's the middle of a pack now because of, you know, the humidor. So it's pretty much a, a neutral ballpark now but you know vegas does like this game i think they're implied for over nine runs so there's you know possibility of some decent you know scoring in this game do, do we have a big enough sample on the human or allen or uh, can we finally uh can we finally say it's not uh you know the rumor anymore right uh it's definitely the human has had an effect correct i th- i think so unless you know you ask someone that requires you know large samples and then you have to ask me like 10 years and then we'll find out but uh, <laughs> no i think i think you know we we've seen enough where we can probably project project that if this is probably a pitcher's ballpark now. Yeah, um, I, I'd agree with you on that. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. This game doesn't seem as appealing. Like if you look, it's got a nine total, which is kind of weird uh, to see. I think it's mainly like against Rodriguez, I'll look at some of these lefties like Jake Lamb, David Peralta, maybe take some shots on these guys as one-offs. Again, it feels like kind of that spot for me. And then maybe go like a Brandon Belt or like a Brandon Crawford on the Giants. But I'm just not loving this game now. Yeah, I'm really torn because I, I'm not a Shelby Miller believer. Um, you look at his numbers, even in the minors during his rehab, um, I mean, he was getting shelled in double A for his rehab, um, seven and two thirds innings. He gave up 13 hits and nine runs, um, six walks. So I, I kind of feel like he's just not there and he's not the same Shelby Miller that you know we saw a couple of years ago. Um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't mind – a low owned giant stack, especially the lefties. You know, you'll probably see Hanson at the top. Um, you know, Brandon Belt, Crawford, obviously in play. Um, I guess I don't mind. Maybe it's my homerism, but I do think Shelby Miller kind of has some holes in his game right now. 
Yeah, I, that's perfectly fine if you want to. I just, I don't know. This is a game I'm probably going to crossing off if I, if I, for me, I just don't love it. But uh, anything else you want to talk about in this game or you want to uh, just move on to the stacks of the day? Yeah, let's, let's move on. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Alan. Uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, we'll do a stack of the day for the early slate and a stack of the day for the late slate. How's that sound? I'm going to go first, though, for the uh, the early slate. I'll take the Los Angeles Angels. They're my favorite early stack here. Uh, love just the Cole Calhoun value at the top. Mike Trout, Upton, uh, even throwing Pujols. He may be a little washed, but, hey, he has his moments sometimes. And then uh, Valbuena Simmons, that's just one through six is, is, is a fine spot to go with. And I wouldn't even hate maybe getting Kinsler in there. Like Maldonado, too, if you need a cheap catcher, just up and down this lineup is fantastic. Phenomenal. So I'm going to be all over the angel stack on the early slate. What about you? I think the, we didn't talk too much about it, but I think the Indians are going to be low owned. Um, people are going to see Edwin Jackson. You know, he had that great first start, but um, this is also Edwin Jackson we're talking about. And we know that he has implosion possibilities. Uh, so if we see, you know, the good Indians lineup, um, you know, Lindor, Brantley, Jose Ramirez, Encarnacion, uh, Chisholm Hall, I kind of like that, you know, one through five, one through six stack. All right, now I'll give you. I'll let you lead off for the late slate, uh, Alan. Uh, who do you like here in this spot? What is your favorite team to target on the uh, on the late slate uh, or main slate, I should say? Uh, what's your number one stack? Yeah, so again, you know, if you're playing cash games, you do want exposure to the Rangers and, and White Sox. Um, you know, something that I've been toying around recently is you know playing more single entry or three entry max, and I've been trying to look for you know pivots off the chalk stacks. Um, so for me, I'm probably going to try you know Boston. Boston or the Yankees. I don't really want to pick on sale, but I think um, that game has some potential to go overlooked on the hitting side. So I would maybe try the Boston um, right-handed bats of Betts and Martinez. And then and you've got Ben Attendee, Moreland and Bogarts as sort of nice plays at the top. I mean, Endeavors too has looked great since he's fixed his swing on working with Shady Martinez. All right, well, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, Alan. Uh, that's the team I think I'm going to just uh, throughout the day definitely have some interest in. Uh, Carpenter, Famous, all these guys up and down. I think there's like, you know, if you stack them up, some of these guys have like a little bit of value in each site. Like Ozuna at 3-8 just seems too cheap. Fam on FanDuel, 3-1 is a little cheap. Like 3-2 for for Ozuna is really nice. Like there's like enough value here where I kind of really like this Cardinal stack and uh, you might be able to pull it off with sale too. So uh, yeah, give me the Cardinal stack. That'll be my stack of the day. Any final thoughts here, Alan, or you want to get on out of here? No, uh, you know, this is a good, it's a good mix of slates. You know, you've got um, some clear offensive games, you know, in the main slate, you've got the, uh, you've got that Rangers White Sox game. And in the early slate, you've got the, uh, the Brewers and Reds drawing ownership. So I, I do think that hopefully our, you know, through our conversation, we've talked a little bit about game theory. I think that's going to be important on these shorter uh, split slates. Yeah, agree with you on that. Uh, definitely feels like a better tournament day than a cash day, but I might still get in the cash games. I'm still trying to make that decision of what I want to do tomorrow because I'm normally like eight games are up, I'll play it, but we're in the six, seven spot. I'm trying to still make that decision. But uh, this is a fun slate, fun day of baseball games. Should be a good time. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining me here, Alan. Really appreciated having you on. for the, This is our first time on the weekend, grind. I can't remember. I think it is, yeah. So, yeah, appreciate the show, Mangone. Uh, this is a uh, fun Fun slate. Yeah, I had a good time just talking baseball with you, uh, talking narratives, uh, facial hair nat- narratives. Um, that, that's that's big. You got to include that in your projection models and whatever stat cast and fan graphs data you use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to give a little bump, right? There's that button you click whenever, uh, you know, the, when the mustache gets shaved off, you got to, you know, jam the button and give them a little boost in the projection, right? But, we, we, uh, need to, we need to talk to Jamino to add, uh, you know, plate IQ data with uh, on-off facial hair splits. That, that, 
You don't that, want that. Yeah, that, that, that makes so much sense. So if you're listening to me, you know, we got to get that in there in the plate IQ. Uh, we're paying hard. The, the harder money that people are paying for the premium, they need that kind of stuff. But uh, thanks for joining us. Really uh, enjoyed having you on, Alan. And uh, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow breaking down the Sunday slate for you guys with uh, Will Chief Justice 06. So again, thanks a lot for joining me, Alan. We are going to get on out of here. See you guys later. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only.